The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. Pastor called me this morning, a little after nine, <laughs> and uh, shared with me that he's a bit under the weather this morning, and he wanted to err on the side of caution. He, he thought he could be here, and that, uh, after discussing uh, with his wife and with me uh, he decided it would be better if he stayed away today. He did have himself tested for COVID, and we know that it's not that, but he wanted to err on the side of caution again. Um, he's been keeping some astronomical hours, and the hours he's been keeping would have probably killed me, But, uh, and I'm in pretty good shape. So, uh, so he's not here. Uh, so... Let's just lift him up in prayer because prayer works and God answers prayer. Amen. Father, we do lift up our pastor and his family to you this morning, Lord. And we thank you that you're present there with them. And I thank you, Lord, that your healing power is there flowing through Pastor Preston and throughout his family, Lord. And you're bringing healing and restoration to his body as he rests and recuperates. And we know, Lord, that COVID is not part of this. So we thank you for it. We thank you that he is healed, he is well, and that he will be back among us shortly. So we thank you for that, and we thank you for a negative test result. And we honor you for that in Jesus Christ's name. And we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our pastor and his family, Lord, that you would be with him, that you would constantly be with him, and we know that the life is in the blood. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I had about 20 minutes to figure out something to share. So uh, bear with me a little. And uh, we'll all get through this together. <laughs> I've been reading in... I like this book, if any of you ever, ever had it, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. It's, uh, it's really a good, uh, he kind of speaks in the King's English a little, but, uh, but there's a lot in there, and he's, he's very meaty in his devotionals. So I'm using part of that and part of a couple of my favorite scriptures. And the song that... Uh, Jezreel sang the middle song, To Wait on the Lord. It's what God gave me this morning before I ever got here, and in that 20-minute span. Uh, so I was kind of amazed that that song came up, and I just kind of smiled and said, Thank you, Lord. So I do hear from God on occasion, and, uh, and it's really good. So uh, that being said, and knowing that we're still doing our no-contact service, kind of, 
as far as communion and uh, offering go. If you did bring an offering, uh, you can put it in the back boxes there and they'll be taken care of. So we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it's the truth. We thank you that your word does set us free, that your word, lead, your word leads us, guides us, directs us in all things pertaining to you and to your kingdom. So we thank you for that, and even for living in this world. Psalm 119, verse 81 says, when I get there, I thought I had it, but I was in Psalm 91. It says, my soul languishes for thy salvation. I wait for thy word. My eyes fail with longing for thy word. While I say, when will I be comforted? So God tells us in his word that we can wait on his word, okay? So as we're waiting, you know, there's different ways to wait, um, and we'll get into that in a minute. Acts 1, 3 to 6 talks about Jesus after he'd been resurrected, and he's talking to his disciples, and he calls them together, and he says, go, and what? Go to Jerusalem and wait for what I have promised you that I've already told you. And he said, wait, wait on me. So uh, that's part of, where are you, Acts? I want to, I want to read that scripture. Okay. To these, his disciples, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. He had already told them, he expected them to remember that he had promised his Holy Spirit, if they would wait. And we know that God is in the waiting. You know, sometimes we think we're waiting alone. Sometimes we think that, you know, why am I waiting? And here's the world's version of waiting. Kind of like waiting for a bus, you know. You just, what time's the bus going to get here? And... God's version of waiting is quite a bit different. Isaiah 40, 27 to 31 says, I thought I had that marked. I didn't. There it is. Isaiah 40, verse 27 why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. 
His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. And that power relates to strength. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord, and that word wait isn't like waiting on the bus. They that wait for the Lord will gain new strength. So he expects us to gain new strength even in the waiting, which... Uh, Sometimes we forget that, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Say, well, what are you doing for the Lord? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to show me, you know. And uh, you can wait and wait and wait, but if you're not moving, you know, it's hard for God to, to guide an immovable object. Did you know that? If an object is immovable, God could move it, of course, but he didn't create us as puppets. So when he says to wait upon him, I don't believe he's meaning to wait and just wait and just wait. I think he wants us to move because they will mount up with wings like eagles. How many know that God is in the details of his word? His word says what he will do. God's word also says what he doesn't say in the Word. It's there because he didn't say, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. And after I come and I work with them and help them with their strength, they will mount up with wings like eagles. It doesn't say that. It just says those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. You know, when we're waiting, God is in the waiting, but we're also supposed to be moving. You know, Darlene had a, uh, a, a real passion for asking people when they were when they were in the body of Christ and they had nothing to do, they didn't do anything, and she would, and they would come to her and say, "How do I, how do I fit into the body of Christ? How do, how do I, do something? You know, because we're supposed to be mounting up with wings like eagles. We're supposed to be running, okay?" She would tell them, "Look in your hand. What do you have in your hand? What is at hand?" I could just see her saying that. Um, and she would say, what do you see before you? You know, a lot of people will, will say, they'll be, I've, I've heard a lot of people do this. They'll be walking through the church, and I'll say, somebody ought to pick that up. You know, or, gee, somebody ought to be in there teaching those kids. You know, some, somebody ought to be greeting people at the door, you know. We're all somebodies. And she said, what do you have in your hand? You know, when God spoke to Moses and Moses was stumbling and trying to figure out, well, how am I going to do what you're telling me to do? And the first thing God said was, what is that in your hand? 
He had that staff. He said, throw it down. Now pick it back up after he made a serpent out of it. But what was it in your hand? You know, and that's what he wants of us. You know, when we're waiting on the Lord, he has gifted us. He has anointed us. He has shown us things in our heart and in our spirit to do. And he wants us to be the body of Christ. And we can't be the body of Christ if we have half of us sitting in the back of the bus and, and a few of us pulling the bus. So when we're waiting on the Lord, we will gain strength. And that strength is called, is like springing up. It's like, like coming alive. And we need to be coming alive together in the body of Christ. And I love that song that you sang, that waiting on the Lord. It really, maybe we'll sing that after a while again. Okay. And I just, I just was impressed this morning as I was, as I had my 20-minute preparation period. And, <laughs> and, uh, and this, these thoughts just kind of came to me. This probably isn't going to be real long. So I may ask some of you to share too. Uh, so prepare. You got about ten minutes. <laughs> uh, but God is in those details when He says, "Wait on Me." He says, "Wait on the Lord." But He doesn't mean sit down and wait. He means keep moving forward. He says, "What do you have in your hand? Go do that. Go do that. Go do that." You know, don't just look and say, gee, somebody should do that. So while, while we're waiting, we should be doing. We are anointed. We are an anointed people. 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. Every one of us have an anointing from the Lord. That's what's in our hand. We are anointed. We are gifted. Darlene had a passion for the gifts uh, of the Spirit, but also the motivational gifts that the Scripture talks of, uh, the practical aspects, the teacher, the administrator. Uh, and there's, there's like nine of them all together. I think she's talked about it before. But, and people say, well, I'm an administrator, so I can't teach the children. And that's not right. Because the gifts don't tell you what you're going to do. The gifts tell you how you're going to do that that's at hand. Okay? It's, people will say, well, you know, I'm a teacher. You know, I, I can't greet at the door. I'm a teacher. You can probably teach people as they're coming through the door because those gifts that are in you are anointed of God to, to show you a way to use that gift no matter if it's at the door, if it's cleaning the bathrooms, if it's vacuuming the church, if it's out in the marketplace, you're shopping for things. There's a teaching moment every, everywhere you look. But it's how you move and have your being with Christ leading and guiding you. It's how, how you perform what you perform by the gifts and the anointing that's in you. So we are all anointed by the Holy One, and we all know.
okay? So if we've been walking with the Lord for a short time or a long time, one thing you always know, that there is something in you that God wants to pull out. And that's what's happening to me this morning. <laughs> it just uh, was kind of a surprise. And, and in a way, it's, you know, I, I struggled for about five minutes and thought, I have nothing to say. But I just allowed God some time to just speak to my heart. And he reminded me of some of this that I'd been kind of just dwelling on here uh, in this devotional. And he works where he sends us to wait is part of this here. And if you wait on God, he will work. But don't wait in spiritual sulks because you cannot see an inch in front of you. We are, deta are we detached enough from our own spiritual hysterics to wait on the Lord and to do what he has told us to do and not just sit with our hands folded and waiting? So as you're waiting, God is preparing. God is always working. God is always there. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He works in us and through us, even in the waiting, even in the times when we're sleeping, God is speaking. God is with us totally. Our, our Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit that indwells us, never sleeps, never slumbers. We do because we're physical. But he is always in us, working in us and through us. <clears throat> so as we're looking at the world today, and this is kind of going to be like shotgunny. I've got a few thoughts that have been kind of rolling around in me for a few days. But uh, this kind of really spoke to my heart the other day and uh, when I was thinking about the world around us and all the troubles and the tribulations that seem to be, that the world seems to be focusing on. Uh, and we probably shouldn't be focusing on that. We should be focusing on God and what he can do in the tribulation in this time of when people are suffering or uh, self, uh, what do you call that? When you, you know, when they're just by themselves, they go in their house and lock the door and stay there. The word escapes me. Anyway, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. An average view of the Christian life is that it means deliverance from trouble. It is deliverance in trouble, which is very different. God never promised us smooth sailing. He promised us that he has overcome the world. He's promised us that in this time, when we're waiting on the Lord, when we're seeking God and trying to figure out what is going on around us and where is God in all of this. And he didn't promise to just kind of push all the trouble aside for the Christians and leave it to the world. The tribulations and the trials and the uh, problems in this world are all around us. They surround us. But he has overcome the world, therefore we can overcome the world because he didn't promise us a smooth ride. He promised us that there's deliverance in trouble while we're going through troubles. 
And I thought about that, you know, when I was when Darlene was going through her last days, and I thought, you know, that's why is all this happening? You know, this is this is pretty rough seas. You know, it, it's it's not what he promised, but it is what he promised. He promised that through the storm, he's there. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. He'll direct us. He'll bring us peace where there's turmoil, because. He is always there. He never sleeps or slumbers. And he will always lead us, guide us, and direct us in everything that we do and everything that we have to go through. Sometimes we don't know the why. And I have a little trouble not asking why. But uh, I've bit my tongue several times because God knows the why. And uh, I saw a scripture in Isaiah 57 that said, Sometimes the righteous perish, but it's for their security and safety. And that, that sounds weird, doesn't it? It's to keep them from a future evil. That's what Isaiah 57, the first few verses of that says. And, and I thought about that, and I thought, huh, keep us from evil. And then I looked around at the world, and I thought, there's a lot of evil going on. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we, we think that God is not, some, somehow he's taken his hand off our country. I don't think he has. I think he's waiting for the Christians to realize that God is in the storm. He's there. You know, I know that one scripture says God wasn't in the storm. He was in, that, in the peace. But he is. He will take the storm and make it peaceful. Because the peace that we have that passes all understanding isn't out here. It's in here. So how we walk through that storm uh, is how much peace we have in our, in our spirit and how much we trust God in his navigation and not our own navigation. If you're a child of God, there certainly will be troubles to meet. But Jesus says, do not be surprised when they come. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There is nothing for you to fear. Men who before you were, uh, men who before they were saved would scorn and talk about troubles often become fusionless after being born again because they have a wrong idea of a saint. Fusionless is a word we don't hear very often, but really it, it means like an emptiness. You know, nothing holds together. It's fusionless. And some, some people have that idea that now I don't have to. I can cast all my cares on the wind because I'm a Christian and God takes care of it all. And you become kind of empty of self, you know. And, and we should be somewhat, but we still have to maintain a physical life on a physical world. So is this making any sense to you? Or am I just rambling? So anyway, uh, God cannot give us an overcoming life. He could, but he doesn't. He gives us a life as we overcome. So he expects us to be overcomers just like he was an overcomer. Jesus overcame the world so that we can overcome the world. Does that make sense to you? I hope so. It does to me. 
John 16:33 says, "These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world." So, when he spoke that to us, he expects us to have peace. So, we need to realize that God is our peace. God is our center. God is our focus. And when we take our focus off God, then that, that's when you begin to lose your peace and lose your direction, and, and you, you begin to not wait on the Lord. And uh, that's, that's kind of where I've been the last few days. I've been thinking, God, where are you? What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to be? You know, this, this, this life that I'm leading right now wasn't my plan. You know, my plan was, you know, Darlene and I live to be at ripe old age, and then I go first because I can't handle this, <laughs> and then she can go after me. But God had a different plan. And so... I've been kind of struggling with that, you know, so I'm, I've been waiting on the Lord, and I've been trying to put one foot in front of the other and just move and, and go, and as I hear what God's saying, trying to do what God wants me to do, and it's, uh, and it is a struggle, but there is a peace that is in me that I didn't know I had, and and I found out that in the storm, I can function. I can, I can still do, you know, things that I didn't think I could do. I can actually cook. I, I didn't know that, but I can, and not very well. And, uh, but, but, you know, God, God has been leading and guiding, directing, and, and as I'm waiting on him, he's given me a peace that really passes my understanding because I know that when I when I step outside of that, and you can, when I step outside that peace that he's placed in me and try to grasp what's going on around me, uh, you, you begin to tend to fall apart. And uh, the last couple of days I've been kind of sitting there feeling sorry for myself. And this morning, I was sitting there kind of feeling sorry for myself and not really concentrating on the Lord, which I should have been because I was planning to come to church, but I wasn't planning to do this. I was planning to be there and just soak up. But so I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself, and then the phone rang, and then I didn't have time to feel sorry for myself anymore. And, and God spoke to my heart, and he said, you know, you really need to, to look at, you know, giving out more and not worried so much about taking in. You know, because when you go through this, and, and you, we've all lost somebody in this life, and when you go through this, you have a tendency uh, to look for sympathy, okay? And uh, I don't think any of us are a lot different than that. We, we, we want to soak up on, uh, on sympathy and, and try, to, try to have other people minister to us. But God says, give out. And the last three weeks, I was gone. Uh, 
well, not the last three weeks, but sometime the end of July, the first first couple weeks of August, uh, I just was impressed. I just needed to get out of the house. I needed to go, so I did. But what I was planning to do was to go to Arkansas, and I've told some people this, and uh, and I was going to just map out a route and just go see some people. And so I was going to go to Arkansas because my best friend is going through end-stage Alzheimer's right now. And I thought, well, I'll just go over there and stay a few days and, and just be with them. And then I found out that Betty Darnell lost her husband uh, again. And so... I was talking to her, and she wasn't doing real well, so I, I said, you want me to come up there? And she said, yes. So I went up there, and uh, which was in liberal Kansas. So I just threw a whole bunch of clothes in the car because Darlene always did our packing. And, and when I got on the road after I started seeing what was in the car, I thought, man, you don't, you're not anointed for this. <laughs> so... I, I just threw a bunch of stuff in the car and took off to Liberal, Kansas, and uh, was there with Betty and helping her bury her second husband. And uh, we went through that with Jerry, her first husband. So, uh, so I had a chance to, to just give out there for a while. And then I went up on up north and uh, visited with some friends, one of Darlene's best friends in the whole world, our ex-pastor's mother, uh, spent a few hours with her on the road, uh, stopped in Des Moines, and uh, got, got to really minister to her a little bit too, you know, and some of what I had been walking through, and, and uh, so I gave out a little more there. Then I went on up and met with uh, Darlene's sister-in-law who lost her husband back in January, Darlene's brother, and uh, so I got to minister with her for a little while and just, you know, uh, give out some of what I was walking through, and she shared some of what she was walking through, and it helped both of us a little bit. And then I went up to Wisconsin, and uh, one of our kids in the Lord that we'd had in Bible studies and stuff and kind of helped raise up in the Lord uh, is going through the end stages of cancer. She's got about six months unless Jesus does a miracle, and... So I spent two weeks with them and uh, just giving out and uh, walking her husband Jeff through a, a lot of things that I'd already walked through. And then after that, then I went on over to Arkansas and spent a few days over there and, and uh, gave out some more. Uh, my friend over there didn't know who I was particularly, but I knew who he was, so it was good to be there. So in that time... While I was, you know, waiting for God to march me out of all of this, he was marching me into something and causing me to give out instead of looking to always, get, you know, take in. So God leads us, guides us, and directs us. And even when we're in those storms, he still shows us what he wants out of us. So in that time of waiting, I guess I'm saying all of this just to say that you know, God knows the details more than we know the details. God knows our heart better than we know our heart. He knows what we're capable of even more than we know what we're capable of. 
So when the storms come, wait upon the Lord. But don't just sit down and wait for the bus to come and pick you up. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Get into his word. Talk to him. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He will anoint you to do things that you didn't know you could do. He will send you to people that you didn't know he was sending you to. You know, we have plans. You know, there's a scripture that said, I know the plans I have for you, plans, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future, right? Well, we make plans, but God already has plans. That's what somebody always said. That's one of these oldest jokes in the world is you want to make God laugh, start, laugh, start making plans. So I was making plans, but God already had plans made. And so he used me through that. And at the same time, he put me in a much better place than I was when I left. So by the time I got back here, I, I, I realized after I looked at, at what I did and the circuit I made and everything that there was a plan and a purpose for it. And while I was waiting on God, he was showing me that I had to be going. He said I had to run and not walk. Or, yeah. And, you know, soar with wings as eagles. You know, run, not be weary. Walk and not faint. But move. Move forward. Even in the storms, we can move forward, right? That's about all I have. And you want to come up and let's, let's sing that song again, that song about waiting. I really enjoyed that song. Uh, I'm going to let that song close the service. But while, while Desiree is coming, don't forget the 15th. Uh, we're going to remember Darlene. We're going to celebrate her life uh, August 15th at 11 a.m. And there's going to be food, too. So bring, bring your, your appetite along with your memories of Darlene. And if you want to share something, uh, let us know so that we can make time for that. Because we want people to understand. Uh, I want people to understand a lot about... Uh, who Darlene was to me, and who Darlene was to, to the kingdom of God. So, let's wait upon the Lord. He will renew our strength. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. Teach us to wait, Lord. So let's all stand. Father, I thank you for this day, for this time, for this season. I thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. And Lord, we do. We come and we wait. And we give you thanks and honor in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.